Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, my name is Ned Bolting. Welcome to The Roadbook, part of the Never Strays Far family of podcasts in which I'm joined by David Miller and we never stray far from talking about road racing. That's the theory. This is the recording. You're the audience. I see no reason for any further delay. Let's get this podcast done. David, how the devil are you? I am very good. I'm sitting in a little hotel about 25 kilometers north of Girona with a, a group uh, that we're doing, spending a few days together with. With My wife's created a company called the Grow Collective, and it's a really, group, a really interesting group of people, and we're bike riding and think tanking. It sounds amazing. You've been t- you've been telling me about Nicole's uh, venture. It sounds very very cool indeed. Nice space just to um, think of nothing other than well, just to indulge a bit of body and mind therapy. Isn't that the idea? Yeah, that's the idea. Because I mean, uh, I mean, you know as well. We meet so many interesting people on our travels thanks to cycling, and the fact that we never really get a chance to kind of continue the conversation. It's normally the conversation happens on the bike ride, and then you. Then you, you split off and it never continues. So I thought, well, why don't I get together some of these most interesting people I've I've met recently and and see if they'd like to to join me for a few days for us to bike ride together and then and then f- learn a bit more about what each other does and well, and just get some growth from it. And Nicole and her her, her business partner Emma Snowsill. Uh, created a company that they're already thinking about to then facilitate this. And they want to do it with with running, with swimming, with walking, with hiking, and this idea where you you use sport as the catalyst to create conversations and take it a little bit deeper than just headbanging. So yeah, so this is the first first attempt and a bit of a case study, if you like, and we'll see afterwards. We'll talk in a, in a couple of weeks, Ned, and see what the conclusions were. Yeah, which isn't to say, knowing you, that you haven't been headbanging. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, la- last time I saw you was the day of the world's, um, the, the men's elite road race, wasn't it? And you couldn't, you couldn't help yourself, but in the middle of the race, go off to sort of like race 10K or whatever. And then the, the, the other day, you posted some ridiculous Strava effort. Didn't you do 26 kilometers or something really fast? Yeah, I ran 27 and a half Ks on trails, hilly trails yesterday. Um, yeah. I'm kinda, well, I'm, I, I kind of have no choice, Ned. The, the marathon I'm doing is only a month away, so... So I got I'm on my head. I'm head down, head banging for a reason. It's not for nothing. All right, brilliant. Now, in the in the in the absence of well, in the, in the meantime, the whole cycling world just rolls on without you, doesn't it? And um, it's interesting, isn't it? Because everything builds towards you've got the three grand tours, and then particularly from a British perspective, you know, there was so much excitement generated about Yorkshire. 
and and for, I think as a nation collectively we focused in so much more detail didn't we on every single race at the Worlds this year that w once once that amazing moment from um, uh, uh, Mads Pedersen had kind of come and gone you'd be tempted to think that's it but actually um, most of the peloton a lot of the, the the real hitters of the peloton just packed their bags and flew off to Italy didn't they and there's a there's a huge kind of untold story that doesn't really get the attention it deserves that's happening right now in Italy. Yes, it's so true because the, the world is very much... I th I, it, there is a sense of end of term, uh, like we're about to go into the summer holidays, albeit the winter break, and yet for... And, and, and truth be told, for many of the riders and for, for many of the pro cyclists, that is the case, but there is a, a select crew who have focused much of their year on the next couple of weeks because we have some very big races coming up, prestigious races. We also have some races which are a bit, um, a little bit, let's say, uh, hipster, like in China. But there, there are definitely, and there are some of these races are not only important because we have the, the monument of Lombardy, but for many riders, there's the, the, pre, there's, there's the preliminary warm-up races in Italy, there's in China, which a lot of them will be hedging their future contract on and their future career as a professional cyclist on getting results in the next few weeks. So it's far from over, and there's still some great racing ahead. Yeah, and as you say, Lombardy is the one that occasionally gets forgotten, the monument that, that, that gets the least attention of all of them, and thoroughly undeserved, isn't it? Because it's a beautiful race, and it I mean, if anything else, it, it invariably produces spectacular racing, but it looks beautiful as well around the banks of Lake Como. David, yeah. I have just looked up before we got... Obviously, you can tell we're recording this remotely. You're in Spain, I'm in London. Um, but just before we got going, I looked up your, I've looked up your record in uh, Giro di Lombardia, thinking, oh, what if you... Do you know it off the top of your head? Uh, is it uh, one DNF? Correct. Yeah, there Correct. you go. I do know off the top of my head. Nice. Yeah, yeah. 2006 DNF Giro di Lombardia. I, I, did, I, I did get a good <laughs> ride. In, I did do a good ride in Milan Turin maybe that year, like a 10th. Yeah. But, ah. uh, but I don't know if that was the same year. I know it wasn't the same year. Milan Turin, I was flying and that was by accident. But, it was, uh, but no, Lombardy, see, I was always much more of the end of term school after the world's. And so being sent to Lombardy for me was a little bit uh, punishment. punishment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So I showed them. <laughs> I showed them by not completing yeah. it. Yeah. But, you're right, but, but you're right. Lombardy is, um, I mean, it's a nickname, is, as many of these races. Actually, almost all the monuments have a nickname, don't they? But Lombardia is the race of the falling leaves. Uh, yep. And it, does, it's, it is autumnal in every sense. And it is, as you say, one of the most beautiful races. It's in uh, north of Milan, in the kind of the foothills of the of the, the Italian Alps, and it's around the lake. Up there, it's extremely hard. It's it's one of the classics. One of the, probably the monument uh, best suited to, to GT like Grand Tour races. You've got Liège Bastogne Liège, yep. and you've got Lombardia, but Lombardia almost more so, and especially because a lot of the the, the Grand Tour racers who perhaps have had a season missed. It's not gone quite to plan. It's their last chance to, to kind of affirm their status before, before the curtain is drawn for the year. All right. Well, listen, you're in Spain. You're obviously ferociously busy doing your thing at the moment and, 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 and banging your head against a brick wall. I am putting the final touches, and uh, it's a real pleasure to do it as well, to my uh, introduction to the, the review of the year for the road book. And I'm doing all sorts of other bits of writing and curating some wonderful pictures that have been taken by Russ Ellis that are going in the book. Unbelievable, some of the images. So that's 
kind of what's keeping me busy at the moment. So neither of us have really got um, our full attention on uh, these Italian races. But fortunately, David, we know a guy who has. So um, earlier on this morning, actually, I uh, contacted Matt Rendell, who let's go from Girona to Madrid and, uh, and speak to Matt because he is preparing to go to Italy to commentate on this block of racing uh, for RCS, for the host out in Italy. <laughs> Matt Rendell, how the devil are you? I am devilishly well. That's I'm devilishly well. Do you know why I'm devilishly well? I am devilishly well because I have handed in the manuscript, the long-awaited manuscript of my book about this generation of Colombian riders. When I say this generation of Colombian riders, I don't mean to suggest that they are in the room with me. But uh, you know what I mean. I know exactly what you, you know mean. What I, mean. And I feel like I've been with you every 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 paragraph of the way with this particular book. I'm really looking forward to reading it, Matt. You've you've sent me you've sent me bits and pieces um, from time yeah. to time when you've produced. You've been one of my early readers. When when you've produced bits of writing you're really pleased with, and it's going to fly. And so let us know what when's it coming out, and what's it, what's the what's the title? March April time. Yep. And the the title is Colombia es pasión. And uh, there's, there's a subtitle. I mean, I've got the manuscript here somewhere. I'll tell you what the subtitle is. I can't remember. I changed it recently. Oh, um, subtitle's always very important. Very important. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's called The Generation of Racing Cyclists Who Changed Their Nation and the Tour de France. Fantastic. Because you've, you've got to put Tour de France in titles, haven't you? Otherwise, otherwise you don't sell any books. Absolutely. So it's like putting a hashtag on something, isn't it? You know, you've got exactly. to... You've got to appeal to the. You've got to appeal to the the, the lowest common denominator. <laughs> um, but that's no. That's so. That's so good. That's really good. And yeah, flipping heck. Gosh, it was so weird. I've just come back from the worlds, as you know, Matt. Um, yeah, I think you were yeah. watching from afar, from from Madrid, where you hang out and where you live. Out of the corner of my eye, while I tweaked and and tweaked and rejigged paragraphs and things. Yeah. 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 And um, and what did I want to say about that? Yeah, it was just it was just bonkers to see uh, the Colombians in that race, you know. So Quintana was in the Quintana was in the uh, in the breakaway in the bre- with, in that, with Richard Carapaz with Carapaz yeah. and Primoz Roglic as well. That was kind of yeah. nuts to see that breakaway. And then, but the Amazing. the ride that really oh mate two two eye catching rides from Colombians. I yeah. thought one was the boy the lad Gomez in the under twenty three. Oh. I know it's a junior men's road race, wasn't it? Who yeah, yeah. did you see yeah. that, Matt? Who got who got you know uh, not, punctured and then and then he was out yeah. of the convoy wasn't he and in floods mm. of tears floods mm. of mm. tears and then just trudging desolate with a camera following him in his every oh that was heartbreaking oh, it really was I know and they and, they, and I think that what, what, what had happened the Colombian national team were um, were, were sort of compelled or cajoled or, to, or anyway they were in the same car as the Chilean national team and the Ecuadorian national team yeah so they were back you know 17 groups behind having serviced you know a Chilean or something who, who wasn't in there and this poor lad who was in the group of the leaders suddenly found himself in floods of tears because the car just didn't arrive and the race goes away from the frustration must be incredible yeah i tell you what yeah. on that subject the giro dell'emilia which is which is one of our favorite races i think we can 
Yeah, say? completely. A beautiful yeah. race around Bologna. Well, that's what, um, I, well, that's what I want to come on to and I, I actually talk to you about. Well, so go on. Well, yeah. well, well um, it has 16 Colombians. The Colombians are the third largest national contingent there. And that's, you know, that, that, that's because uh, t- teams like Nipo, Vini, Vantini and Bardiani have got a bit of a tradition now of, um, l- like Androni Giocattoli, of picking up young Colombians. So they've got you know, two, two, three Colombians each. Young, young lads, 19, 20, 21 years old. Um, so they're the second largest national contingent at that race, which is kind of um, um, amazing when you think that, you know, I know the world is small and you can just hop on a plane and go, but, you know, they, they do come from another world, a deeply different culture, which which you've seen a little bit of, and, and suddenly there they are in those kinds of numbers. And it's so not the just, world uh, is it's changing. Matt, I mean, just looking at the start list of the Giro dell'Emilia, it's amazing, isn't it? Esteban Chavez is there, Sergio Enao, Carlos Betancourt, uh, Miguel, Miguel Angel Lopez, Egan Bernal, Ifan yeah. Sosa, and um, the other mm-hmm. rider I was going to tip my hat to because of the way he raced yeah. um, in Yorkshire was uh, yeah. Sergio Iguita who, of course, competed, you yeah. know, uh, the Vuelta stage winner, Sergio Iguita, competing mm. in the under-23 mm. men's road race. And he, was, he mm. was the rider who closed that gap to the Pidcock group and brought everyone back into it. Unbelievable ride from him in those conditions, I thought. So, yeah, yeah what, absolutely. A, what an exciting absolutely. start list that is. And, and tell us a little bit about that race, Matt. So it's Bologna to San Luca, 207.4 kilometres. And, and it kicks off a block of racing in Italy. You'll be, mm. you'll be there for that. <clears throat> I've done yeah. I've done bits and yeah. pieces of it in the past as well, commentating for RCS. That often gets kind of overlooked a little bit because it feels, from our anglophone or our, our distance, it feels a little bit tacked on and a little bit after the Lord's Mayor's, Lord Mayor's show, after the Worlds. But it's got it's absolutely got its own identity and it attracts a class field, doesn't it? It, it absolutely does, and, it, and it's funny the season kind of starts and finishes in Italy, doesn't it? You you you've got Liguella, and then the build up to Milano Sanremo, and then everything goes to Belgium and northern France, and so on, and then you know some Spanish and Portuguese stage races while the one day season is going on in Belgium and northern France, and then uh, after kind of the spring or late spring, the mountainous places, Switzerland, the Grand Tours, which need summer weather in order to get over the mountain passes, and even then they. Don't don't always manage it um, and you have all that and then in the autumn cycling kind of moves back to Italy again and, and before the worlds you've got that kind of week of, of, of races that are, aren't terribly spoken about as you say you've got the Coppa Agostini the Coppa Bernocchi the Giro della Toscana um, which uh, where, where we saw Egan Bernal coming back and finishing narrowly second to Giovanni Visconti. You've got the Coppa Sabatini. You've got the Memorial Marco Pantani, and then the Trofeo Matteotti. Uh, and uh, the Bernocchi and the Matteotti are a bit more sprinty. Uh, so, so Phil Bauhaus won the Bernocchi, and then the others are a little bit more. Uh, more, more demanding, more difficult. Uh, Andrei Lutsenko in fantastic form. Um, won a couple of those races, got a second in the Coppa Agostini. Alexei, Alexei, Matt, Alexei. Alexei, sorry, no, did I, I say Andrei? Yeah, 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 no, I've got, do you know, I've got, I've got these um, uh, uh, um, Bluetooth earphones in and I can, and they block out my voice. I can't actually hear my own voice. So it's, uh, <laughs> that's quite, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's a weird one. And, and, and then you go away to the Worlds after that week and then you go back to Italy for the Giro dell'Emilia. 
the 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 Gran Premio Begelli, which is another sort of sprinty one, like, yep. like Gran Piemonte, what, what used to be the tour of the Giro di Piemonte, and then you've got Tre Valli Varesini. Yes. Um, which the, the only translation for which is the three valleys of Varese, yeah. um, <laughs> being a being a pain in the ass. Um, then you've got Milano Torino, yes. which used to be sort of quite a a, a, a a missable event, and it used to pop up at different points in the Ma, calendar. Ma, am and, I right in thinking? Mm. Am I right in thinking? It used to finish in the old velodrome at uh, in Turin on the outskirts of Turin uh, uh, back in the day. In the nineties, I'm not quite sure. Is that right? Uh, I think it. I, 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 no, I think. I, well, you you might be right. Um, but going back, that's early nineties because then it was a it was a city centre right uh, finish, uh, and it was a city centre finish in ninety uh, five when, of course, Marco Pantani had that terrible crash. Descending from the Superga, of course, um, yeah, and 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 since uh, I think it's since 2012, it's finished up top on the Superga, which, which is, um, is yeah, um, really interesting climb, which is fantastic, and, and very uh, you know from it, from it from is. Italian from an Italian sporting history, it's full of meaning, isn't it, with the uh, the tragedy that occurred on its very hillside. I mean. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the Superga air disaster, nineteen forty nine, in, in which the entire Torino football team, known as Grande Torino, yep. um, perished in, in in an air crash. And they were um, they and, were and essentially they were, kind of, they were essentially the Italian national team, weren't they? Um, they were. You know, they were. So, yeah, huge, huge moments in Italian. And, and, and do you know what? And, and and it is a very evocative space. And and um, you, you know, I can. I can do that thing I sometimes do now, which is go all bookish. And and Jean-Jacques Rousseau, yeah, the, yep. the Swiss philosopher, noble savage, social contract, all men are created equal, all that stuff. Yep. He he lived and studied in Turin, in Turin, hmm. um, and 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 said of the view from Superga, I have before me the most beautiful spectacle that can strike the human eye. So there, he was absolutely taken with it, and uh, and it is well clearly, clearly amazing a man, up there. Yeah, clearly a man who's never visited hilly fields in Lewisham. I have to say, but, <laughs> but no, no, it's a lovely, it's a lovely spot, Matt. And it also, but it is, it's a little. Am I right? Thing is, a little bit of a formulaic race in that it's pretty flat until you get to the Superga, and so it's kind of everyone waits, and then it's all about the yeah. last, it's all about the last five k, isn't it, really? Well, it sort of is about about the last. Oh, blimey, I haven't got the road book in front of me. But about the yeah, it's all about kind of the last twenty five or thirty k because they do. That's right. It's one a, of those races, right. like the Giro dell'Emilia. It kind of it does. The Giro dell'Emilia does. I can't remember how many five or six loops before finishing up top at San Luca, and the Milano Torino does kind of what one one quite big loop with a climb of Superga, except for the final. 250 or 300 metres and then goes down again and, and, and actually I was thinking about this and the descent mm. is, I mean um, in, in last year Bernal attacked on the descent um, so he did, yes and, and didn't yeah. quite make it and, and of course he did the same um, a few days later in in, uh, in Giro di Lombardia, in, in Lombardia. Mm. Um, and, and, and so those two races kind of go, go go together a little bit um, yeah. and of course Thibaut Pinot won both of them yeah, uh, yeah, last yeah. year so so you kind of 
when you're talking about one, you're also a little bit talking about the other. So Lombardia is three days later. Um, but in between mm. the two then, that, 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 that Milano-Torino yeah. field takes a, goes for a training ride while the Gran Piemonte uh, field <laughs> uh, takes to the start well, line, right? While it pours with rain over the Gran Piemonte. Yeah. I've, 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 I've been there about four or five times and every time it is absolutely tipped down with edge. When basically Sonny Colbrelli... Uh, wins, wins. <laughs> but I mean, as, as as you say, for the rest of them, I mean, uh, w- when you said, um, you know, a, a rider at the Worlds who I really want to, you know, make mention of, I thought you were going to say either Carlos Betancourt, yes, well, or that was Danny quite, Martinez, yeah, that was quite, yes, or they indeed, were both pretty good, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, or indeed Esteban Chavez, who um, who was pretty good there, and he's a former winner of the Lombardia, yeah, and. He's he's struggled a bit this year to come back from, you know, one of those debilitating viral things that everyone gets um, last year. But um, you know, he he knows what it takes. He seems to be coming back into a little bit of form. And and for all of those races, Emilia, Trevali, Varesine, uh, Milano, Torino, Lombardia, you've got to be looking at. And I know this sounds crazy, but Bernal, Betancourt, Chavez, Danny Martinez, certainly for Emilia and uh, and Milano Torino, Ivan Souza as well. Mm. And so there's a whole host of um, those guys who could do my book prospects no, no end yeah, well, of good. L- well, let it be the case just for you with your mind. <laughs> so Lombardia, Lombardia, a few days yeah. out, um, Matt, it's 10 days, until, mm. 10 days now until the race or thereabouts. Yeah. So um, yeah. it's a very embryonic start list that I'm looking at. Yeah, but it does, exactly. But it does feature, you're right, it does feature the name Egan Bernal. Um, and you've been, yeah. you've been telling Shrudis to lump on him for this race. And that's a very good shout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it also, mm. it also contains the, this start list. I'm looking at contains the name Julien Alaphilippe and a former winner yep. in Philippe Gilbert. Now I don't yep. know how smashed up he is from his fall at the Worlds. It did look pretty painful, so mm. he might he might be forced to withdraw. Who knows? Um, yeah. But but there's nothing to suggest this isn't you know Alaphilippe um, uh, who was coming into form. Thomas Vaucler assured us, and the race just mitigated against him at the Worlds. Yep. So you can hardly yep. read too much into that. I don't think so. We don't really know how well he's going. If we take Vuckler at face value, Alaphilippe is everybody's nightmare at Lombardia, isn't he? Because, yeah. because yeah. you're just going to have to get rid of him. And there's no guarantee that you can get rid of him <laughs> if he comes yeah. with his Tour de France legs to this race. Uh, he's going to win it. He's going to yeah, win. that's right. That's right. And then, and then you know, another of those, you, you've got, you know, Nibali, who, if he's there, he's, he's you know, yeah. and, and last year he was, he, he was second. He's half a minute down from Pinot and, 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 and you know, and, and, and he kind of, he'd gone into the race, I'm not sure about this, but you know that if he's there, he's going to be a force. Yeah. And, and, and also, you know, as I say, I mean, you know, then depending on the way the race works out, it's, you know, someone, someone like Bob Jungels, who's, who's done, you know, has had a bit of a disappointing year this year. It's his last, it's a last chance for lots of people. And, and then, even someone like, depending on the way the, the the race pans out, someone like Michael Matthews. But I mean, I think that e- e- Egan Bernal is going to know what he needs to do, and that's mm. it's too it's too it's to, too climby nah. for Michael Matthews. Isn't yeah, it? it's too, it yeah. is too. I think it's too climby. I mean, the only the only rider of the of, I think of the mm. Matthews ilk who comes into reckoning mm. it would have might mm. have been Philippe Gilbert. Uh, uh, yeah, but yeah. but I don't I don't know about how. 
have fit here. Ah, there to be proven wrong. But I think you, know, you look at those. You look at the likes of you know, Michael Woods has been a declared uh, rider. Yeah, Valverde's there. Mikel Landers there. Um, yeah. uh, uh, Stephen Kreisweik is there. You know, Bernal, as you've mentioned, uh, Roglic mm. is apparently mm. going to. Re- oh, what a what a start list! It's really quite exciting. How about this name? Yeah, how, yeah, how about yeah. this name? Giulio Ciccone. Well, Ooh. I was going to say dark horse, absolutely mm. Ciccone, kind of d- dark horse, yeah. and, um, and 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 uh, another one. Yes, um, you know, George Bennett. Yes. Jakob, you know, Jakob another Fulsen. that ilk, which... Jakob Fulsen. Yeah, yeah, depending on how it's... I mean, <laughs> well, Jakob's... Just a, a real a, a he's favourite, been, yeah. He's had a long, long season, sure. Jakob Fulsen. I mean, be very surprised. But, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, and, and then, you know, or there's all those riders. There's, there's this funny thing, isn't it? The riders who are changing teams, yep. right? Like, like, like uh, uh, Dan Martin, for instance. Yes. How is he going to interpret this end of the season? You know, not a great... Season four. I mean, no, that's true. By his standards, yep. second in Italia, eighth in Dauphiné. Yeah, never quite on the pace in the Tour. He's got real form mm. um, in 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 these end of season uh, races. He's um, look looking at me. Uh, I was looking at Milano Torino, and sixteenth uh, last year, eleventh the year before, fourteenth in twenty fifteen. Of course, he won. Uh, Lombardia in 2014. So, I mean, he, he tends to have good October legs. Yeah? Yes, that's but true. But how, you know, he's going, stepping down from the World Tour to the Israel Cycling Academy, how, how's that going to work? And, and, and going the other way mm. and, and thinking of all those Italian teams, um, Neri Sotoli and, as I say, Badiani, uh, um, uh, Androni, these end-of-season Italian races... Uh, they're, they're like a three-week stage race almost. I mean, they're there at every race, and this is their chance. Uh, Mattia Catania was fourth in Milano Torino last year. He's stepping up from Androni to De Koinink. Yes. And I wonder how he'll. You know, that th- those riders they really want something out of this. It's a massive opportunity for them. Yeah. Um, and 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 there's a couple of um, Masnada. Is Masnada going to be there? He'd be one to watch. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I Fast think so. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, a wonderful rider, and then there's um, uh, Velasco, yes, um, yeah. Simone Velasco of Neri Sotoli, 23 years old, um, won the Trofeo Laguelia after a 50k solo attack, um, and uh, he's 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 going to Gazprom Rusvelo, so he's not stepping up, but he's stepping across, yep. um, and and you know th- there's there's real, you know he's a real talent, and so I'm not saying he's going to win. But uh, I, I, I'd be very interested to, to see what he's going to do. do you know, can I name someone else as well? Well, we've, named, gonna we've named almost the entire star <laughs> list, so let's just complete it, round it off. Well, Go on. Well, this is someone who isn't going to win Great. I love those. Uh, the I love Giro those. dell'Emilia yeah. okay. and is almost certainly not going to finish. OK. But his name's Wilson Peña. Yep. And you will have seen that uh, Ineos have signed up Brandon Rivera. Yes, who, I saw that. Yep, yep. Came through the same mountain bike school in Sepikira as Egan Bernal and is an old, you know, childhood friend of Egan Bernal. They've been close friends since they were about eight years old, uh, trained by Fabio Rodriguez. And Wilson Peña riding for a team called Team Beltrami Tsar Hopla 
Petroli Firenze. Good luck with that. I've never heard of. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he's another of that little band of riders who came through. Matt, say it, well, say it again as if you were commentating, right? And there's an attack by... Okay, and Wilson Pena of Team Beltrami Hopla Petroli Firenze comes through and uh, seems to be riding away from his old teammates, Egan Bernal and Brandon Rivera. <laughs> That's the worst. But anyway, ever another got. of that little, another of that little group of riders that came through from Sipakira and uh, you know could, could could have an impact in the coming years on uh, on the sport. Fantastic. All right, mate. That's great. So I'm then, very jealous because it's right. a beautiful. I mean, you're, you're, yeah, you're just going to enjoy it, aren't you? Lovely week. So, yeah, so yeah, who are you commentating yeah, with? Juan Antonio Fletcher, I believe, and, and Robert Hales. Uh, for, uh, and, and, and yeah, yeah. You're, you're there ahead of me, which I didn't know until late last night. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, All right. Yeah. Okay, Matt. Nice to speak to you. Speak to you soon. Nice to speak to you. Yeah. Good luck with uh, good luck with the podcast, Ned. That's a good idea. Yeah. Imagine doing Do that. a podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We should yeah. have thought of that years ago, shouldn't we? Uh, Miss every opportunity. All right. See ya. Speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Well, there we go. Rendell on good form, David. And uh, yeah, as we pointed out in that interview, that the, 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 we don't really know who's going to turn up uh, yet this far out to actually take the start in Lombardy. But it promises to be, and you alluded to it before we heard from Matt, a real kind of stellar lineup of like say GC racers and um, Matt, he didn't say it in that interview, but he's been banging away at me for ages to say, get your money on Egan Bernal. <laughs> Obviously, because well, he's Colombian. Didn't Egan Bernal do a, a magical ride at Lombardia last year? I think so, the, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he did. So so he smashed himself up in Classica San Sebastian, which is the classic following the Tour de France. I mean, he'd, he'd broken his nose and, and I think, I can't remember what the injuries were, but it was, pretty, it was a bit of a mess up of his face, etc. And I think his yep. first race back was Lombardia, and he did some insane, uh, sh- I think, bridged across to a break in the final 20, 30 kilometers, and which was just a stunning move, and which no one expected because he, he hadn't raced in a couple of months. And basically, he once again showed his pure pedigree. And it didn't, that the wasn't the, 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 the final result you would have wanted, but I think everybody just saw it and was like, what was that? And so, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back to to win it this year because he's raced it at the sharp end in, which is amazing, uh, not in his best condition and yet was still racing with the best in the finals. So I I think Matt's probably right about that. Cool. Yeah, he's often right and he's often wrong as well. Um, uh, uh, David, while I've got you on, we've got a few more space things to kind of like, well, loosely related to space. I mean, we never stray that far from space as it happens, although I'm about to possibly. Um, And uh, I'm actually indebted to an old friend of mine um, for who who is a a new podcast listener and he's listening um, in Nottingham, my friend Sean. And uh, he messaged me because he'd been listening to, I think it was our first podcast in this series, David, when, do you remember I told you about the uh, East German astronaut who'd passed away? Yes, and then you I, did. And then I read and simultaneously rather badly translated that rather morose poem about the death of the, the planet and, and, and using that metaphor of Laika, the, this, the yeah. Sputnik dog, you know, rattling around. The metal, just our, our best metal exactly the earth with a dead dog yes, with a dead dog slightly in. slightly morose yeah it was extremely morose but a, a, but an extraordinarily powerful image anyway sean listening to our podcast um messaged me and he just said oh no is is Leica still up there right we, which i kind of assumed was the case so i've just done a bit of research um to uh, establish that actually 
uh, after five months, I mean, Laika died pretty immediately on that mission, um, orbited the Earth 2,570 times in Sputnik 2, and five months later, uh, Laika's remains and the spacecraft itself disintegrated during re-entry in 1958. But one of the legacies here of, um, of Laika's voyage into the stars and um, her death, uh, she was actually a mongrel dog, a stray dog that they'd found in the streets of Moscow, I have recently discovered. But one of the legacies of her experience was um, she, the inspiration for a film that you might have seen and that many of our podcast listeners will cherish, um, and I've seen before, but I was suddenly prompted to watch it again. Um, have you ever seen My Life as a Dog, David? No, I haven't. Ah, uh, well, you've got to. You've absolutely got to. It's made in the mid-1980s. I think it was a, um, it was, it's a, a Swedish film, and it was nominated um, for a couple of Academy Awards. I don't think it won any. But it tells this, I mean, it's just the most lyrical, moving, poetic, beautiful, gently humorous um, account of the life and travails of this uh, young kid who is growing up in rural Sweden, a uh, little boy called Ingemar, uh, with an absent dad and a mother who is dying of what we do not know. I think it, the implication is it's lung cancer. And he is sent, because she can't cope anymore, to go and stay with relatives in a, a tiny northern village. Um, and... The, the, the constant refrain throughout this wonderful film and this narration is keeps cutting to a shot of the night sky and these wintry stars. And um, this child narrates his thoughts and feelings about the sympathy that he has for Laika, for the dog that is sent into orbit. The way that this child navigates through this really rather tragic but also entrancing childhood is a bit like a, a dog in a rocket, you know, an innocent that's just absorbing the shocks of the world in the best way that they can with this um, strange mixture of curiosity and a kind of uncompl uncomplicated love and fear as this succession of increasingly serious sort of incidents and accidents befall them. But the whole thing is underscored with this uh, beautiful lyrical hope and resilience and some very tender, tenderly portrayed uh, rites of passage as well in this childhood um, until it culminates with this amazing sequence in the end where he holds up in this summer house, it's now deep winter, which has got thick snow on it, that his uncle has built for him. And he sits there in this massive flying jacket, staring up through the, the, the night, um, through a little window at the top of this summer house at the night sky, um, bitterly grieving the misfortune uh, of his life uh, through this roof light. And, and, and he becomes a dog and he starts barking at the night sky. Um, and it's just a wonderful film. A wonderful film. And I just wanted to remind everybody who will... Uh, I'm sure there have been many people well, who know this film and will want to watch it again. And I just wanted to recommend it to you, David. Oh, I am going to have there? to watch that. And <laughs> I will have to. Okay. I am still here. Yeah, no, no. I was, I was, I was listening intently because it's, uh, it sounds like... <laughs> sent you, I sent you to sleep. I'm going to put it on um, the list. But, but, no, but, no, but no, also... I was entranced, Ned. Entranced. Also, just, just to round off this, this, se this section of astrophysics, David. Um, so two things about John Noonan. Um, our, our, our astrophysicist, who is back home in the United States now, busily at work because the whole astrophysics... Well, ast what, what, what is he? Is he he's a, what does he look out for? What are those things? Astronom Asteroid yeah, he's people. A, astronomer. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's the whole yeah, of his community um, has been sent into a flurry of activity because they've discovered up in the sky, and a rare thing, a new interstellar comet that is passing through our solar system. So he is in full-on measurement are mode. Are we going to get in? Yeah, absolutely. Or is, that, is that why he was in Geneva? 
I don't know. I don't know, but he's he's up back at home now, and he's really busy, so he might not be able to prioritise our podcast because they're trying to measure this damn thing and figure out what trajectory it's on at the moment. So that plus also to know, return Ned. to film. To I know. want him to go and see Ad Astra and review the scientific content of Ad Astra. How do you feel about that? Well, we know the scientific contents is wrong, but you know it's 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 the human condition story that's more attractive but yeah i can i, I know is I'm, I'm ready for the for it to be beaten down on that side of things and it's it's probably true it's probably quite irresponsible of them to 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 st- make such lies I, I well in this era it'd be very 2019 wouldn't it listen i think we're pushing our luck with this internet connection i'm going to let you get back to your guests and hopefully david we will pod again mm. very soon definitely see you later Ned. see ya bye <laughs> catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 